What's up, y'all? This is John and Wes back for another episode of the Nothing Finer podcast. We're going to break down some games for week 12. It's already week 12, guys. Um, Season's not over for every team, but it's damn sure getting close for a lot of teams. But we're going to talk about, once again, our opinions of the best games for week 12. Um... And we've got Alex Sturgeon coming on and was with us in a little bit to talk about Kentucky. Um, and please excuse the noise. My dogs are going crazy. He actually just sent me a message. So, um, yeah. Okay. Is he ready? He said he's about to hop on. Okay. Um, then before we get to that, what are you drinking? Are you still, are you still on the Blue Mountains? Still on the, the Kurs. Oh, there he is. What's up? Hey, Wes. How are you, buddy? Yeah, thank you for joining us. Dude, happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Are you really happy to be here, though? No, you know, it's it's just basketball season now. It's just all <laughs> it is. <laughs> it's the most wonderful time of the year. We just get August till hopefully March. I'm happy. <laughs> I like it. Yeah. What's going on, Alex? I'm John. Hey, John. How are you, buddy? Doing all right. How are you? Good. Can't complain. Well, I can complain, but tonight I can't complain. <laughs> all right. So Wes and I were just talking about what we're drinking tonight. Are you – you got anything in your hand? I got nothing in my hand. I can go get something in my hand, though, but I got nothing in my hand right now. <laughs> I. We are a pro-drinking podcast. Oh. I'm a pro drinking person, so let's do it, baby. <laughs> but I am still drinking this hot tea over here because if not, my voice would probably be gone. Because um, I, I, I am still running a fever from this morning. But Jeez. I do have this 130 proof ASW fiddler in my tea, so that can't hurt. Hey, a little nightcap. <laughs> I'll probably be recording till about or editing till about midnight, but somewhat of a nightcap. God bless you, sir. All right. Are you ready to talk Kentucky football? I'll try my best. Let's do it, baby. All right. Alex, introduce yourself to the listeners a little bit. Uh, My name is Alex Sturgeon. I uh, live here in Columbus, Georgia. And uh, I was born and raised a Kentucky fan. Uh, I do cheer for Georgia from time to time. Because my whole wife's out of the family are Georgia fans. Honestly, I've probably been to more Georgia games than I have Kentucky games at this one in my life. <laughs> um, but you know, it just it's hard to put down the cats. I've been through thick and thin. It's fair. Yeah. <laughs> and so far, this season has been a lot thinner than a lot of people expected. Man, I tell you, I I was one of the fools. I I took the bait. Same. I did too. I just thought, I thought for sure, I thought for sure that we could at least replicate last season, at the very least. And we have. So <laughs> yeah. In August, I did a full helmet schedule projection for the SEC, and I said Kentucky was going to go 10 and 2. Yeah. I mm. thought, I thought Stoops could finally get that 10 win regular season and get 11 wins in the uh, postseason. And. Man, it, can 
I don't think the I was telling I texted one of my Kentucky friends, the other guy that Wes was trying to get on for tonight, and I said the worst part about this season is that for a first time in a long time I had high expectations <laughs> and they've to. just been crushed. <laughs> yeah, I don't and you know, I, I don't I don't want to say I ever bought into the Levis being the number one overall pick kind of hype. But I was like, man, he's for sure got to be better than last season. Dude, he's got to be better than all the quarterbacks that Mark Stoops has had. Terry Wilson, uh, CJ John, or yeah, Johnson. Like, he's better than all of them. And last year he was better. But I tell you, the Rich, Rich Gangarillo, our offensive off winner. I'm shocked. I, I scoff. At the Alabama fans were like that. Get a complaint about Bill O'Brien. Scoff at them. Yeah, I was the um. I seem to be the only one that wasn't buying the Kentucky hype, and I've I've said that in the off during our um off season preview episode that I was not buying the hype for this Kentucky team. I just didn't feel it, and obviously I was correct. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I it it was it doesn't make sense. We have obviously not a first round pick quarterback. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, a number one pick. But I think he'll still go first round, maybe oh, late yeah. first round at this point. We have a, a stable of four-star receivers. Yeah, We have arguably one of the better backs in the SEC with Chris Rodriguez. Yeah, Our offensive line did lose a lot, but, you know, we at least in theory had recruited well there. <laughs> and I just thought at the very least we could – I mean, we – only put up a hundred yards against a Vandy defense that's been giving up an average of three hundred. <laughs> like, how does that even happen? How does it even happen? Not had a day though. It was just everyone else that didn't. Yeah, I mean, Vandy is—they're not bad this year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's all I can say. They're—they're they're better than than other Vandy teams, just because I can say that because they finally won an SEC game. Yeah, I, and honestly, I, I'm i happy for them because I know what it's like as a Kentucky fan to be awful and have <laughs> terrible SEC losing records. But, man, I wish it didn't happen against Kentucky. I wish it didn't happen. <laughs> Mike Wright's hell of an athlete. Yeah, yeah and that's what I'm saying. I, I can't even – it's not even like they got lucky. That's the hard part about it. <laughs> The, the, the thing that worries me is that Stoops has been historically, like, a tough team. The teams don't quit. Yep. They can push through adversity. And we just seem like, ever since that Ole Miss game, we've just kind of been downhill. Like, I think we should have – I think, in theory, we should have won that Ole Miss game. Oh, yeah. And I think that could have changed the trajectory of the season, maybe. But – then we just went in straight, got our butts whooped by freaking the other overrated SEC quarterback and Spencer Rattler. Like, I don't know, man. Yeah. But contrary to what we've been talking about so far, we want to talk about the good stuff. Let's do it. All right. So let's talk about, you know, starting from the ground up recruiting. How How is it under uh, Coach Stoops this season? Well, you know, we've been averaging probably about thirty low twenties, high thirties recruiting classes. Every once in a while, we'll throw in like a, a high twenties, low teens. And this past year, we put up, I think, 
upper teens, a recruiting yeah. class. And I was like, man, we're doing it. Like I said, we got a nice stable of four-star uh, wide receivers came in this year. Baron, Baron Brown, Dane Key, you know, some other ones. And I was like, man, maybe we can – we got a quarterback. We got some dudes who can catch finally. Maybe we can do that. But then, like, this year, I think we're projected to have, like, like the worst recruiting class Stoops has ever had. And that's that's the that's the two and ten season. Like that's the really bad seasons. Like right now, I think we're like the fiftieth ranked somewhere in the fifties. And I don't forty eight. Okay. Okay. A little bit better. (laughs) Okay. And you know, I'll I'll be honest with you guys. Uh I this has me concerned that stoops might be on the way out. That's what it that's what it be that's what it the writing on the wall tells me with that. See, that's where I – I don't see him on the way out because, like, I've been hearing a lot of, like, he has made, you know, Kentucky team, you know, they're a tough team, you know. Everybody's going to be proud of Stude for, you know, getting six wins, getting seven wins. Like, that's the ceiling for Kentucky. And Stoops has consistently hit that ceiling, which yep. is sad to say for this Kentucky team. Well, I've, I think I, I think what Stoops has done best is he's raised the floor, but I'm worried he hit the ce- he's hit a ceiling. I think yeah. his ceiling is going to be nine wins, which, hey, like I said, growing up having two win seasons and one win seasons, <laughs> I'll take a I'll take a six. I'll take three to four years of, you know, seven to nine win seasons and then every three to four years making a run maybe pushing for number two in the East behind Georgia, maybe shocking Georgia every once in a while. If we're lucky, probably not going to happen, <laughs> but you know, I'll take that. I- I'm happy with that. I'll be, I'll be the grateful, you know, Kentucky fan. But on that same note, I also wouldn't be mad if we found someone that could raise that ceiling. Yeah. You know? So in the vein of recruiting, do you know if there's a plan for life after Will Levis? Kaya Sharon did not seem to be – he seemed to be more of the question than the answer when he played. So a few weeks ago, um, a few weeks ago, one of the coaches basically said that they believe – or word got out, it got leaked somewhere, something along those lines, that they Kentucky staff believes that Next year's Kentucky coach, or sorry, next year's Kentucky quarterback is not on this year's roster. So, and then I listen. One of my one of the top Kentucky, you know, podcasts listen to is called Kentucky Roll Call, and it's just a Louisville radio station. But it's a bunch of it's like uh, if you know who Kentucky Sports Radio is, right? That Nick Roush, um, a guy named T.J. Walker, um, they 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 seem to be plugged in, and I trust them. Anyways, they said – basically they said – Nick Roush said that – look at, at that time. It was the top five was Georgia, Clemson, Ohio State, and, and Bama. And he said – and his, his only hint was look at the top five teams in the country, look at their QB depth charts. He's somewhere in there. So they have an idea. Um, I don't know who that can be. Um but I will say the caveat to that is, is that it is someone who's connected to Rich Gangarillo. And also on that vein, there's whispers that he might be fired. 
So if they fire him, then I don't know where they go. Um, I don't know how you could keep him after this season. Dude, he's like – that's that's how I feel. I The only reason why I would say you don't fire him is because that would be our fourth offensive coordinator – or sorry. Yeah, our fourth offensive coordinator in as many years. Jesus. And I don't know how you convince a QB or any offensive player of worth to sign up for that. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a very fair point. So, I don't know. that. I would love – I mean, some of the quarterbacks I looked at, the QB depth charts, if I look, remember looking back on it when I, we were undefeated at the time and thought, you know, oh, man, we're going to do great. I mean, Ty Simpson at Alabama. Uh, I really – there's been whispers that it could be DJ Uyangle from Clemson, and I really don't want that. I mean, I, I guess at this point I'll take anything. He's but... not much better than Will Levis. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I There were some whispers that Brock Vandergriff at Georgia was unhappy, um, and he is connected to Rich Gangarillo with his uh, football training camp or his QB training camp stuff. Which I'd be happy with Brock Vandergriff. That'd be great. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't. At least Brock. I don't see Brock going anywhere. Oh, I don't see it. Uh, the only, the only way I could see Brock is if it seems like it's going to be Carson Beck's team next year. Yeah. And then who loses the who loses the backup? Is it Gunnar Stockton or is it Brock Vandergriff? Oh, it's, it's got to. Well, at least um, from what I see, it's got to be Brock. Yeah. Oh, I mean, Brock Vandergriff was the better quarterback coming out of high school. So yeah. I mean. It would make sense. But you never know. No one thought, you know, Step would be QB1 and he'll be on his way to winning a second national championship. So, Knock on wood. We did it earlier. Yeah, don't you do it. You know, <laughs> I, like I said, I'm a Kentucky fan first, but, man, I would love to see Georgia put it on him again. <laughs> so what is his team's biggest strength this season? You know, it it honestly it changes from week to week. It, when we were doing fine, it was our defense. Like we were a seventh, we were seventh in the country at one point in passing yards allowed, um, and now we are looking pedestrian. You know, um, I would say right now, I would say our strength might be our defensive line, maybe. Um, but we the, that's the problem. That's what that's what scares me most is that we seemingly are a team without an identity right now. Um, when, and I've said this before, and you might you can laugh, and I, I understand. I've always seen Kentucky as under Stoops in, in this five year span. Kentucky is a mini Georgia in the sense that we are a defensive first minded team, run first team, quarterback play doesn't have to be perfect, just don't make mistakes, kind of manage the clock. Now, obviously, Georgia's kicked that up a notch to the nth degree, but I thought, you know, we just don't have the Jimmy and Joes like Georgia does, but we, we have, we've say we play the same type of style. Um, but this right, right now, we're not, we're not doing anything right. Like we're not throwing the ball. Well, we can't block like really the offense, the weak, the biggest weakness is the offensive line. And I will put sole blame on, Oh God, what's his name? He's at Alabama now as their offensive line coach. Wolfson, I think. Right. He was our he was our offensive line coach last year, and he basically left at the end. Like he, the rumor was at Kentucky that he uh, he went on a recruiting trip, threw his phone away, and never turned. Can never came back. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Which I mean, 
Bama's offensive line isn't that much better. So well, that's what I'm saying. Here's that's what I'm saying is that he went to Bama's went to Bama and look who's look at that. They're probably their biggest weakness right now is their offensive line. Yeah. Hey, they got that one transfer from Vanderbilt. He turned it all around. At least that's that's what I was told in August. <laughs> yeah. Which you know the funny thing is we were that's another thing. The other thing Kentucky fans were pissed at him about was because he he was recruiting that kid to come to Kentucky and then left and then he went to Bama with I people say with him, but you know, whatever. Well, it probably wouldn't have improved the offensive line at Kentucky by what we've seen for Bama. No. No. Nope. I keep I, I keep trying to hold out hope that if we can just get a good quarterback next year, a decent quarterback next year, surely the offensive line will not be any worse than it is. Everyone <laughs> everyone should return. Yeah, we will miss Chris Rodriguez, but the wide receivers will still be there. You know, I don't know. I mean, the wide receivers that are there are good when they have the opportunity to make plays. It's just Levis has been running for his life, and when he has a second to be accurate, it it's few and far between. It seems like. Yeah, yeah, he's throwing that ball a million miles an hour, in in sometimes in the wrong direction. <laughs> Um, if we talked about the weakness already, let's, um, what can this Kentucky do to exploit a weakness in this Georgia team? The, I don't know if they can. I, I was one of the fools that said at the beginning of the season said, maybe, you know, I don't think Kentucky would be undefeated going into the Georgia game, but I thought maybe because the Georgia game sold out before any of the, any of their games at Kentucky on Kentucky's schedule. Oh, home sure. games. And I thought, you know, maybe you get a raucous Kroger field. You get everything. Ha- I mean, everything has to work out perfectly, obviously. Um, and I it, I think in a perfect world, you could still do it when that means Georgia has to do everything wrong and Kentucky has to do everything right. I think, you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, but Georgia's secondary outside of Malachi Starks is still banged up, right? No. A little banged up? No, I'm wrong about that. <laughs> Everybody's healthy. Everybody's okay, healthy. well, I mean, Levis is just gonna have to bring. He's gonna have to bring that first round talent if he's if we have any sort of a shot. He's got to. <laughs> he's gonna have. He's gonna. He's either gonna make money. Or he's gonna continue losing money because that's what he's doing right now. Yeah. Um, from being the number one overall pick to see if he'll go in the first round. Yeah, I mean, we last year I would argue that Kentucky was Georgia's hardest game last year. It's a regular season, regular season game. Um, and I, we, we, every team we played, we played pretty close. Even Tennessee, we had a shootout with Tennessee at home, Kroger Field yeah. last year. And so I just don't see how we suck. I mean, and so I guess I'm saying, I don't know if Georgia, I don't know if we can. I don't know if we can. Georgia's offensive line, I mean, sorry, defensive line is too good. Um, their second, their linebackers, too good. Um, I mean, I guess if there is the slightest chance of a weakness, it's going to be the linebacking core. If there's a slightest chance, um, it's just a few dump passes there in the, in the, in the middle of the field and hoping we can just dink and dunk our way down the field. Yeah. I mean, Georgia's linebackers, as of right now, there's only one returning starter from last season's team due to injury. Yeah. So, I mean, that is definitely the thinnest spot on the team. 
yeah, I mean, I think that's just where we're going to have to make our money. And like I said, I don't know. I don't know if the offensive line is going to give put up more, enough of a fight against y'all's defensive line to even get a pass to that that second level. So, hate to be hate to be doom and gloom. Hate I wish I could come on here and be like, oh, we're gonna we're gonna throw it all over y'all. We're just gonna you gonna be a <laughs> barn burner. Like, <laughs> no, I mean we. I was talking about it earlier. Like, I think Jalen Carter is gonna have a day. Jalen Carter is about to eat on Saturday. You know, I, I I would hate to see it happen against my team, but I I taught uh, Michael Williams, and I would love if you know I would hate to see him destroy my team, but I would love nothing more to see him just rack up. Oh yeah, I'm on, sure he'll get a call. Yeah, okay. want to zoom? Well, it's a little big yeah, Kentucky game, so it's possible that he may not even play this week. Who was that? Michael Williams. Oh, wait. He was, uh, he well, was a little banged up from Tennessee. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you could improve a single position on this team overnight, what would it be? On Kentucky's team, I would – you know, that, and that's the thing that I don't understand is that I feel like, like, for example, we got that five-star – offensive tackle in recruiting this year and or this past year and Keontae Goodwin and he hadn't seen a lick a lick of playing time now I I trust Mark Stoops and them to make if they don't think he's ready then he's not ready but I'm like at this point put him out there bump bump one of those bump one of those other tackles down to guard bump it all down because right now we have a dressered freshman and um um God, what's his name? Jaeger or something. Anyways, he's a redshirt freshman playing offensive guard. We have some redshirts. Other, just have this is their first starting year, right? And so I'm like, at this point, what's the what's what's the hurt? Could it get worse? Yeah, exactly. All right, favorite player on this team. Man, on this team, I'd say my favorite player this year is going to have to probably be – I'm not going to give you the easy answer, Will Levis, because honestly he's not even favorite. Like he's just not been that lovable this year. I appreciate his fight. Um, You're not a mayo and coffee guy? You know, I will say uh, I did try the eating the whole banana with the peel. It's not <laughs> that bad, but <laughs> – but no, I may own the coffee where I draw the line. Okay, um, good. You know, I'd, I'd probably have to say if I had to pick one player that I enjoy watching, it'd be Carrington Valentine on the at cornerback. Um, this the say I saw a thing where he's Mel Kuyper's number eight rated cornerback coming out of this year, which I'm honestly truly a little bit shocked by. Um, but you know. I at least have faith that he's going to at least make it difficult on the wide receiver when it goes out there. Um, he's just been consistent. I mean, I do love like the se- the super senior and DeAndre Square, um, but he's just he he yeah, hell of a player. He's just he's he's just not making like, he's not going to make a big play. I guess what I'm saying. He's not going to make a pick six. He's not going to do. He's going to go out there. He's going to put in a few tackles and hopefully not give him any big plays and call today. So, 
right. So one of the hardest questions we've got, what do you project the record at the end of the season is? Well, obviously Georgia is going to be a loss. We'll be six and five (laughs) following that. And we have absolutely put it on Louisville the past three years. Mm -hmm. And Louisville's feeling themselves a little bit. I know that she got housed by Clemson, but honestly not that bad. And with the way our team is trending and the way they are trending, and I think I think they at the end of the day, they're just gonna want it. They're just gonna want more. And I think we are a far superior talented team on the trenches and all even in even as bad as our offensive line is all is, they have Scott's Tots and Scott Satterfield has not done a good job recruiting either, except for in past in, except for this past recruiting cycle or this current recruiting cycle. And so, you know, I'd like to think that we can put on them again and finish seven and seven and five. But they I they are going to want to come into our place and absolutely trounce us. Oh yeah. Especially after last year with Levis doing the L's and Oh, and went for four touchdowns and L's down and yeah. Oh, absolutely. They would love nothing more <laughs> to come into our place and just embarrass us. And I don't blame them. I mean, I I would I hope that we embarrass them, but I could easily see a six and six record going to like the Music City Bowl. <laughs> like I mean and who knows what happens there? You yeah. might see you might see Will Levis set out at that point because he's been battling turf toe all year ever since the Ole Miss game, and so turf you might toe. say, you know, breaking his finger and yeah. breaking his finger. And that's the thing; he is he is ballsy, he is gutsy. He'll gut it out for you. But the problem is that he has to. He's gutting it out because he has to. No one else. Yeah. Everyone else sucks behind him. I mean. <laughs> All right, you ready to pick some games with us? Let's go for it, yeah. All right, first one we're going to talk about is Ole Miss, who is a three-point favorite on the road at Arkansas. The over-under is 58. Over-under 58. So all you've got to do is pick the game straight up. If you want to go spread, you can. And if you want to give us an over-under, you can do that as well. But we're just asking for a straight-up pick. And Ole Miss is favored by three, you said? Mm-hmm. I'll get Ole, Ma- Ole Miss – They'll cover that three, but it'll be under 58 points. It won't be a clean cover. Arkansas is playing a little better, but I'll I'll take Ole Miss there. Okay. Next game is USC, who's a a two-and-a-half-point favorite at UCLA with the over-under 74. Man, that's a tough one because I dislike both coaches so much. Yep. I want to want to see Lincoln Riley suck. Um, repeat those spreads again for me, please. Uh, it's a USC's two and a half point favorite at UCLA with the over under seventy four. Hmm. Remember, we need USC to win to keep Tennessee out of the playoffs. Okay, okay, that's good motivation. Yeah, let me get <laughs> let me get, let me get uh. Let's get USC. We'll just get them to barely cover. Maybe like an OT, like field goal or something like that. Okay. Okay. 
Um, next is Utah at the um, last Pac-12 favorite, Oregon, who's a three-point home favorite over under 62 and a half. Hmm. The problem is, do we get late season Bo Nix again? Is that what we're going to get? Like we got last week with Washington? Like That was such a good game, though. It was a good game. No, I it was. Got hurt. It, it was a good game. I just. I'm going to go ahead and they're, they're going to get the win. Utah, I'm full, at this point, I'm fully invested in the idea that Utah was simply inflated to help Florida feel inflated after they won. I <laughs> The narrative I bought into in my head. So give me Oregon. All right. Now we got NC State at Louisville, who is a five-point home favorite against the ranked NC State Wolfpack. Over under 47 and a half. Man, NC State might be one of the fewer teams that make me feel better about Kentucky's collapse because they had high hopes too. Um. Yeah, give me Louisville. Give me them cards. L's up, I guess, unfortunately. L's down for life, but um, yeah, give me the cards. All right, last game, Georgia, who's a 22-and-a-half point favorite at Kentucky, over-under 49. Wait, is that the line? Yeah. yeah. Holy shit. I haven't seen the line yet. Holy shit. That's what it was a few hours ago. I mean, here's the thing, guys. I don't see if Kentucky – could not score more than six points against Tennessee. <laughs> I'm had the 130, 128th out of 130 ranked passing defense in the country. I don't know how, I don't know how we score on Georgia. You might come into our place and absolutely dog walk us pun intended. Um, that's the goal. No, <laughs> I'm I mean, I, that's the, should be the goal. I mean, that's like Kirby Smart. It's at the beginning of the year. Y'all are the one hunting. Georgia will not be hunted, yeah. right? And and that's one of the things I love about Kirby. It's one of the things I love about Georgia is that Kirby's there to murder. He is there to take zero prisoners. He is there unless it's it's Lennox is one of his dear friends. He is there, and that's one of the things that drives me nuts about Stoops. Stoops will get a lead, and sit, it don't it don't matter if it's the first quarter. He will sit on that thing yeah. until he absolutely has to, and sometimes. It's out of reach. I so, mean, what are you saying? What, what, what do Alabama fans used to call what joyless murder ball? Yeah. yeah. I want, that's, that's what I was hoping Vandy would be. I was like, you know what? Kentucky's sputtering. We need a get-right game. We don't have that late-season cupcake like we normally do. I was like, we need a get-right game. I hope – I think Vandy's going to be a get-right game. <laughs> like, just the offense, just go out there and just levis, long balls all day. And Probably somebody got right. It wasn't Kentucky. No, yeah. <laughs> At this point, I'm Vandy's biggest fan. Vandy, become bowl eligible. Make that win look look even less bad, please. <laughs> but yeah, like, give me give me Georgia to more than cover. Yeah, I'll, I, you can raise that spread to twenty eight. I'll take that spread. Hey, For to be bowl eligible, they would have to be Florida and Tennessee back to back. They could do it. My hype train would be through the roof. Let's go. We, has, has there ever been a late season Heisman push? <laughs> if he can do that, I I think there would be. He should yeah. get an invite. Mm. All right. 
So last bit here is some guest questions. Um, and those are just some we asked to get to know you a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. So first question is, what is your first college sports memory? Doesn't have to be Kentucky. Doesn't have to be football. Just college sports. College sports memory. Um, college sports memory would be, I, I don't remember the year, but my grandfather took me to a Mississippi State-Kentucky football game at the time, Commonwealth Stadium. It was freezing cold. And I just remember it being freezing cold and the bleachers being empty. And, <laughs> and but I was like, this is awesome. This is great. I'm awesome. I'm, I, I love it here. And from that point on, I was born to be just a destitute Kentucky fan, <laughs> hating life forever. At least you have basketball. You know, and, and you know, I, jo I was joking with a guy, one of the other guys in this Facebook group that I'm in with, Wes. And I said, I'm convinced at this point after after Cal made those basketball school comments this year, this summer <laughs> that Cal just lives rent free in in Stoops head. Because, you know, after Stoops, after Cal lost last season, all anyone said was like, this is the biggest offseason in Coach Cal's career at yeah. Kentucky, blah, 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 blah. And now with Stoops being what it is, this is the biggest offseason in Stoops career at Kentucky. I was like. Stoops is just trying to mimic Cal. He's just a copycat. <laughs> I mean, but at least they didn't lose at what, St. Peter's? Yeah. Vandy is our St. Peter's. <laughs> oh. Oh. Weird. So if you were a recruit and could not go to Kentucky, where would three of your official visits be? Are we assuming that I'm like a five star or we're like yeah. a yeah, am I like no one recruit in the country? Number one career in the country. Okay. Where would I visit or where would I go? Visit. Three official visits. Three official visits. Okay. I mean, you would have to go to Georgia. Just you you don't you don't neglect the champs. You don't do it. Um, they're doing something right. You want to see what's going on. I would definitely burn one out west. Like make someone fly me to LA or fly let me or to Eugene, Oregon. You know, um, and then I'd probably save that last one for, you know, one of those like historically good schools, like those, like a Notre Dame or like a Michigan, like those North, I don't know, just one of those like nice, like this is college football campuses, you know, even though the South has overtaken them, there's still that fun little cultural history out there. Yeah, hit all the regions. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I also wouldn't be I wouldn't be mad if someone flew me to Miami too. So <laughs> I mean, if you're gonna travel on somebody else's dime, do it everywhere you can. Dude. Dude, I was teaching Michael was so fun just listening to him talk about the visit process and he was explaining to me like when he went out to USC and they flew him out there and they have like the steak and lobster dinner on the on like the football field under a tent. And I'm like, yeah, dude, I'd commit to. Like I get. <laughs> Good lord. Yeah, I mean, dude, it's it's insane. It's insane the amount of money that's put into recruiting. Yeah. And you know, I'm happy that Kentucky was able to put a collective together finally. I'm hoping that helps us out a little bit. Um, like I think I think as of last week, and oh, sorry, until today, we were one of the like last remaining SEC teams that didn't have a collective. 
because because Barnhart didn't like the idea of Arnade didn't like the idea of them. Yeah, I know it took Armor a while too to get a collective. Did it? Which yeah. is shocking. They have so much money. Mississippi like, Yellowfellow, you know. Yeah. Somebody with Mississippi State last week and they um they said that the A D that just went to Auburn had was so against NIL that the day after he left, their NIL budget tripled. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean I mean the the word the word around Kentucky fandom is that Mitch wants um the NCAA job when uh what's the, what's the NCAA guy's name? Emerson. Yeah. That he wants his job. Like that's the job he wants after he's done. He wants to, which obviously what a nerd. Um <laughs> but but because of that, he plays he plays by the book so much. Like he didn't want to hire Cal. He didn't want to hire Coach Calipari. He, the like literally the donors the the doning base how to strong arm Mitch Barnhart in his early years of AD to like be like no we're gonna hire you're gonna hire Cal like you're gonna hire Cal he's and just he's they call him they call him tut, top button Mitch because he because he wears his shirt just all the way tip top to the top button like just so dude I love our AD I love Brooks. Yeah. yeah. Why well, just I, you have this, and this is a one of the reasons I'm hoping Stoops doesn't leave. Overall, like I don't want Stoops to leave because I like him, but I don't want Mitch hiring the next football coach. Like I don't want that. I don't want that. Like <laughs> it'll be Will Levis. <laughs> no, it'll be it'll be the AD. <laughs> no, the no, it'll be the um, offensive coordinator. Yeah, Rich Gangarella. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. All right. Pick a spot outside of the United States for your team to host their rivalry game. So Kentucky, Louisville, anywhere in the world, where would you want it? Oof. Give me. Man. That's a hard one. Give me, I, it would, it would take. You'd have to move heaven and earth to do it. But give me the Roman Colosseum. You'd have to move Ooh. heaven and earth to do it. But give me the Roman Colosseum, baby. That's a first. Yeah, that's a first. I love it. Yeah. I love that answer. That'd be cool. I hell, I'd just, go to that game. Yeah. <laughs> um, what is your favorite alternate uniform, or is there an alternate combo that you wish your team would use? I mean, it has to be the Chrome Dome anthracite. Um, like the we for some reason we won't go full black, but it, the anthracite kind of fits our coal mining Kentucky theme kind of deal. So I like it. I as I, I would have to say it had to be those blue pants, anthracite jerseys, Chrome Dome helmets. They're fun. They're they're a lot. I do like the the your your background screen, the white jerseys and Chrome Dome. <laughs> um. But I don't know, man. I know that I know that as Georgia fans and other fans are a little feel a little spurned by blackout jerseys and all this stuff. But I think they look they just look too cool not to try. I don't understand why Georgia fans hate the black jerseys. We've only lost one game in the black jerseys. Well, yeah, one one bad game ruined what it for everything. There were what five and one in black jerseys, and yeah. so many fans just like have PTSD from the one game. Yeah, yeah. like um. Shit, the guy from Spurs Up show, I can't remember his name. Chris Phillips. 
Chris Phillips, like he said when we had him on, he's like, show me a jersey your team didn't lose in. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. you lose, that's part of the game. But yeah, they've lost the black jerseys one game, and they only lost by 11. It's not like, I mean, they got dominated that game, but – it was it was so funny before the Tennessee game because I, I I bought it hook line and sinker before the Tennessee game Kentucky fans like the whole Kentucky media group was like we're wearing the same uniforms we're stopping at Cumberland College like we did the year we went the COVID year we went to Tennessee and got two pick sixes and ran it up on Tennessee in Neyland Stadium we're playing an earlier game we're running it back and I was like you know what yeah we are running it back baby. <laughs> We are. Was that was that when Tennessee wore those black uniforms? This past year, yeah, this past year they wore the all black, the Halloween uniforms. I I hate Tennessee with a fiery passion. But those are some good looking uniforms. Well, you know, we, I joked with some of my friends that that tennis that orange is so awful. You got to hide it. You got to put as little of it on the black uniforms as possible. But the thing was, like, it was a different orange. It wasn't their normal, like, oh yeah, orange. like it was like bright, like, but it looked good. Uh huh. Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. So, where is your favorite spot in the stadium to sit? Commonwealth. Anywhere. I mean, so like I said, I've been to more Georgia games. My my mother in law is a season ticket holder, and her tickets are pretty nice. They're right down. They're right there. If you're looking at the George, if you're looking at Georgia Stadium, you're looking at the big scoreboard, right? So if you're looking from the big, if you're standing, if with your back to the scoreboard, it's the the seventh row up from that first little corner section. Oh wow! Like oh yeah, I mean they're they're stupid good seats. Every year, she's like, should I, should I not redo them, like re up them this year? I was like, no no no, please, I beg <laughs> you, please re up them, please never get rid of them. But like I went to the, I went to the Tennessee Georgia game and it was amazing. Oh man! Oh yeah, I was there too. Wes, we got a Kentucky fan on the show, and you're the only one out of the three of us that didn't go to that game. <laughs> yeah, blame the army for that. Blame the army. I do blame the army for a lot of things. Yeah. But I'll be this time next year. I'll be in Columbia. So. <laughs> so like I said, we better be going to Georgia, Florida. Got to talk to the army. Got to talk to the army. Look, I know you got some leave. Don't don't give me the don't give me the runaround. We'll we'll settle this this time next year. All right, all right. <laughs> Speaking of the Georgia Florida, as Georgia, are y'all both Georgia fans? I'm assuming. Yes. Yeah. Do you think they'll ever get rid of the Jacksonville? You think they'll go home and home eventually? I don't think so. I don't. I don't think they will, but I hope they do. Yeah. And if they change it, I would be I would be up for a home home neutral neutral. Yeah, do in Athens, do in Gainesville, two in Jacksonville, and that way you keep it on that you know every two year cycle. Or you know switch it up. You know instead of you know the the neutral site being in Jacksonville every year, go Atlanta. Mm -hmm. Atlanta one year, Jacksonville one year. Do it that way instead of like the stadium because obviously they're going to want more fans there. So keep yeah. it in NFL stadium. So Mercedes Benz or in Jacksonville, that's how I would do it. But yeah. I'm pretty sure they changed the rule now to where recruits can go to neutral site games. Yeah. Only if you're the home team. Oh, is it only for the home team? 
Yep. Really? I didn't uh, know that part of it too. I thought both of them could invite. Yes. So that's why I figured it would stay in Jacksonville because that I know that was a lot of their their fights. Like, well, we can't bring recruits to one of the biggest games of the year. Yeah. 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 I I want there to be a change, even though Jacksonville is like two hours from me. I just every time I've been to a game at Jacksonville Stadium, um, there I've been within a hundred yards of a shooting. <laughs> yeah, I went to Georgia, Florida one year, and the whole time I was like. This place is not safe, and this yeah. stadium is not that good to be hosting this big of a game. No, it was horrible. No, and the thing is, both Sanford and Florida Stadium hold more people than Jacksonville. Oh, yeah. Really? Yes. Oh, yes. Um, back to the questions. We're, we're we do a lot of tangents on this show. I love it. I love it. <laughs> After a night out drinking, what's your go-to food? That can be a specific place, type of food. Doesn't matter. Just open-ended. Mm. I'll answer. I answer this in two parts because I have also it's my I have a go-to hangover next morning meal as well. Uh, I mean, I will go. I mean, Taco Bell's like the high school answer that I have. Like, but I would have to say just a greasy cheeseburger is just like the go-to or honestly waffle house is probably the other answer where i can just shovel the biggest amount of hash browns into my gullet <laughs> i could possibly envision um but then the next morning my hangover cure is plain double cheeseburgers with a sprite from mcdonald's oh. fix does me right and then just a buttload of water it fixes <laughs> me up almost every time i like it yeah McDonald's, for how awful the food is most of the time, have the best soft drinks. Oh, hands yeah. down. Hands down. It doesn't even make sense. <laughs> it, 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 that Sprite gets me right every time. Super crispy. Crispy Sprite, exactly. So crispy. <laughs> All right. So what is – which team or fan base is your favorite to talk shit to? Oh, Louisville, hands down, especially in this three year span, because they still think they're like that early 2000s Louisville team that was playing Conference USA and running the score up on no names. Like they think they're still that. And it just blows my mind. Like there's they listen, I know that I came on here at the very beginning saying I bought the hype of that. We were maybe going to go 10 and two, maybe 11 and one losing to Georgia. I understand that. But they, every season, think they have, like, they, for the last, I feel like, nine years have thought Malik Cunningham was the reincarnation of Lamar Jackson. <laughs> the accuracy of that statement is painful. <laughs> exactly. Because even yeah. ESPN hypes him up, like, oh, he's so good. Yeah. Let's see him play. And he's, he is Auburn Bo Nix in a Louisville uniform. Yeah. I have him. And my fantasy team, and he started one week, and that was when Stetson had a bye week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, well, that does it for our questions today. We want to thank you for coming on and talking to us. Um, do you have anything you want to tell the listeners before you get out of here? No, but I do have one question for you, John, since you read the Tennessee game. Yes. So I had this 
this spirited discussion with my mother-in-law on the way back from the Tennessee game. <laughs> I said that atmosphere in Sanford Stadium was unmatched. And that alone to me justified. I was already in favor of the of the playoff expansion to the 12 teams, but that like I don't know if Georgia would be outside of the top four when they do expand. But I just could not imagine a more ruckus, crazy electric environment than if Georgia was hosting a playoff game in Sanford Stadium. Yeah, And that, to me, sold me. I was already in the favor of the playoff expansion, but that, to me, was like the idea of having a home playoff game sounds unmatched. Peak college football. So I agree with you on the environment was unmatched. I agree with you on playoff expansion. I don't like the format they're doing. Okay. I wish it was eight teams and the top four had home playoff games. Okay. Yeah. And so I've said it on the show before. I mean, like I've, I've been to playoff baseball games. I went to a World Series game last year. Been to more Georgia games than I can count. And that was by far the best sports environment I've ever been in my life. The World Series was? Yeah. No, the Tennessee game. Oh, oh, oh gotcha. Tennessee, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. No, so, dude, I, 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 tell, I tell people after the game. game, yeah. I don't like the first four teams getting a bye. Yeah. Yeah. I told I told people that I listen to I, I listen to everything loud. My car stereo, loud. Headphones, loud. Used to loud things is all I'm trying to say here. And there was at one point during – before the second half or before the first half ended – I went to go to the bathroom during a TV timeout, and my ears were literally ringing at, during that Georgia game. Mm. Like, I mean, it was one of those things where it's like, I feel like I've been shooting guns all day is what it felt like. So this is actually something we talked about in our Tennessee game recap episode that Georgia got up to 137 decibels, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Most gunshots are in the 140 decibel range. So it was like a sustained gunshot. For most of the second half. Yeah. Yeah. You didn't leave that game without at least a little bit of hearing damage. Oh, I I, I 100% agree with that wholeheartedly. I I couldn't feel hurt until Friday. Oh, yeah. I was was in my classroom on Monday. Uh, Hey, guys. You know, like a little (laughs) bit of horse still. Oh, yeah. No, it was was awesome. Wes, you should have been there. Yeah, well, I was watching it on ESPN, losing my voice. So, yeah. <laughs> Thanks. I, I really appreciate you coming on. What's that, Wes? It wasn't even on ESPN. It was on CBS. So. <laughs> I wish it was on ESPN. We wouldn't have to listen to Gary. Yeah, we uh, would have had a night game for once. It is crazy. They all have – we haven't – they all we whatever you want to say. We haven't had a night game. As we're the, not going to. I want to – we're not going to. It's done. It's over. It's past. So it's – First time since 1972, the reigning national champions not had a night game at home. That's wild. Thanks, CBS. Yeah. I will miss SEC on CBS, the music, but I will not miss, you know, I I will not miss the other part of that. Until ESPN hires Gary. We would riot. (laughs) We would riot. Surely there's not a market for that. Surely, <laughs> maybe maybe put put Gary on the ACC network. No one watches that, anyways. Exactly. There you go. All right, Wes. You got anything else? No, I'm good. 
All right, Alex, we want to thank you for coming on and talking to us tonight. Um, Wes and I have another little bit to talk about, so we're going to keep going here. Um, once again, thank you very much for coming on. Happy to be here, man. It was a lot of fun. Appreciate you guys. All right, y'all have, right, have a good night, man. All right, guys, now it's time for us to talk about these games and do our picks. So starting off in the same order as we talked about with Alex, we got Ole Miss minus three at Arkansas with the over-under at 58. My biggest question for this game is, is K.J. Jefferson healthy? And how banged up is Ole Miss after that Bama game? Because we talked about it on – we talked about it on our earlier episode – Jackson Dart got decapitated. Quinchon Judkins ran all day. Like, it would not surprise me if his legs still hurt. Yeah. It's really the health of both teams that has me questioning this game. I do I do think Ole Miss wins. They probably cover because it's such a low number. Um. I got to go with the under, though. Yeah. I mean, 58 is a big number, especially for these two teams and the way they've been playing down the stretch. I, I definitely like the under, and I'm going to have to agree with Ole Miss um, with the minus three. Just because, like we said, like you said, it is such a low number. Um, I think both teams are just done with the season. Um, none of the – I mean, Ole Miss is the only one that has kind of lived up to the hype. Because they had a chance to play in the SEC title game until, you know, <clears throat> they lost to Alabama. But I think after that, they're done. And Arkansas just they, – they've shit the bed this season. Injuries killed them. Yeah. And, you know, we gave Alabama fans shit for saying the injuries killed them. But it's different when you recruit at Arkansas's level versus Alabama's level. Yeah. And – when your quarterback is out for what seems to be half of the year, your best defensive players out for the entire season. Yeah. Arkansas is down bad with injuries, and I don't know if it gets any better. Yeah, no, but I'm gonna go with Ole Miss. Like, I feel like they have the be the better team and the better. As much as I love Sam Pittman, I I think they have the better coach than Lane Kiffin. Yeah. All right. USC and that's Southern California, not USC Junior. Minus two and a half at UCLA. Now two loss UCLA. The over under is 74. And this is a, I for me at least, I think this is a heart pick because I don't want Tennessee in the playoffs. So I'm going to go USC to cover. Honestly, I would love to see an over. I just don't know how over 74 hits. Yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, we talked about it earlier, though, like the most packed 12 thing to happen is no defense. Yep. But I like Caleb Williams. Um, you know, I think he'll I think he'll have a day against UCLA. Um, not quite sold on Chip Kelly. Um, the only thing that kind of has me leaning towards UCLA is coming off of that um, that Arizona loss. 
They're gonna they're gonna be hungry. They're gonna be thirsty. They're gonna want that win. But I'm I'm gonna have to go with you. Um, I want Tennessee out of the playoffs. I think USC might be our best chance outside of TCU to keep that from happening. Yeah. Um. Now Utah at Oregon, who is a three point home favorite, over under sixty two and a half. My biggest question on this one is Bo Nix health. Because as we saw at the end of that Washington game last week, he once he got knocked out, he struggled with some accuracy. Um, and if he's healthy, I think they beat Utah, but I do think it's a good game. I personally think this hits the over, but I am going to take Oregon to cover that three. Yeah, no, I think Bo's fine. Um, I think he'll be okay. It didn't seem like it was that serious of an injury. Uh, he was able to come right back in for the most – well, try to, but Dan Lanning told him no. Um, <clears throat> I like Oregon. They were my um, my bandwagon team this year, which I definitely beat you in that category. 100%. 100%. <laughs> Unless Oregon loses every game from here on out, you beat me. Yeah. So, um, Kind of sucks they're not in the playoff hunt anymore. They're not in the Pac-12 championship hunt anymore. No, they still are. Are they? In the, are they? Yeah. If they well, went out, they'll play probably USC. I would love for Dan Lane to make it to the, the Pac-12 championship his first year. Would love for that to happen. But um, I, I like Oregon in this game to uh, to to pull off the win. You're you're muted. Am I good now? Yeah, I didn't hear anything you said. All right. Next one we're going to talk about is the team that I think we both picked to make the ACC championship this year, which is not happening, NC State at Louisville, who is a five-point home favorite after losing to Clemson by a considerable margin. The over-under is 47 and a half. I think Louisville wins this one just because NC State is – I don't know what happened to NC State. I don't – it doesn't – it doesn't make sense. NC State lost to Boston College last week. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, coming into this season, I was high on NC State. I was high on Devin Leary. And their defense was supposed to be good. Yeah, I was super high on NC State. Um. But I don't know if I could pick Louisville to win this game. Um, I'm just not as confident in them. So I'm gonna go with the uh, with the Wolfpack and and Devin Leary to win outright. To win outright. Oh, all right. Last game. Georgia minus twenty two and a half at Kentucky. Over under is forty nine. Um, personally, I think the over is an easy, easy bet. Um, and y'all know I hate these big, big spreads. I think Georgia covers though. Yeah. Kentucky's just not, Kentucky's not as good as they were a few weeks ago, let alone when they beat Florida. I think Alex was 100% correct when he said that Kentucky kind of 
started their descent really about the third quarter of that Ole Miss game. Yeah. I um, I got to take Georgia minus points, and I'm taking the over. Yeah. I mean, he, he made a good point, too. I believe when you stepped away, I believe, is when he said it. Um, They struggled to score six points against Vanderbilt. He, Tennessee. Yeah, Tennessee, my bad, Tennessee. And this Georgia defense is obviously way better than the, the Tennessee defense, who was, I want to say it was like the 130th passing defense at the time. And I I don't see this game being close. Um, I was kind of hoping, even though I wasn't high on Kentucky coming into this season, and I love bragging about that because I seem to be the only one that wasn't. Yeah, no, you're you are correct. Um, I was I was hoping that they were because I did pick them to go to a New Year's Six Bowl. <laughs> yeah, a little contradictory there. Yeah, I just wasn't high on them, but I figured they would do it. I just, but I was hoping they would. I was hoping that this game would be for the East, like it was in um, what nineteen? No. Yeah, twenty nineteen. What this game was for the East. Yeah, 2019, 2017, yeah. too, I think. Yeah, that's that's what I was hoping for. <laughs> Obviously, I was way wrong. I was, I was right, but I was wrong about for hoping for it. But, no, I think Georgia covers. Um, I might actually put money on the points and the over t- this week. And I can't remember the last time I actually bet on Georgia in a game, but I like the points and I like the over. I refuse to bet on Georgia. Yeah, I refuse to bet on Georgia games. The last time I did, it was the first half spread against Notre Dame in 2019, and they didn't cover that by, like, one point. And I was nervous the entire time more than I normally am for Georgia games, so I just – I don't do it anymore. Yeah, I don't think I've bet on one Georgia game this year. And my wife my wife asked me why, and I told her it's just not worth – it's not worth the money. Well, if you hadn't done it so far, don't do it now. You're right. You're right. I'm not super stitious. I'm just a little stitious. I am super duper stitious. Yeah, same. All right. I think that's going to do it for our preview episode this week. Um, as always, go follow our social media at nothing.finer.pod on Instagram, at finerpod on Twitter, Nothing Finer Podcast on Facebook. You can just search it there and get in the group. We have that YouTube channel, Nothing Finer Podcast. Make sure it is the one with our logo. Um, We're putting up probably, what, two, maybe three videos a week at this point. Um, And we're going to start putting the podcast on there soon, if not already by the time you hear this. So go follow our stuff, guys. We got the ASW giveaway that's gone live. And what we're going to do for that is – any sort of game day stuff that you've got going on, whether you're cooking at home, tailgating, going to a high school game, going to your kid's football game, just post a picture of whatever you got going on with hashtag nothing finer game day. Um, And every time you post gives you another entry into the giveaway. But, But like we said, you have to be following our page and ASW's page. The whole thing is to get more engagement on our social media, so make sure you're doing that because we had a couple people in the October giveaway that did everything except for follow ASW, and that got them out of the giveaway. 
So make sure you're doing that. Um, I think I think that's it. You got anything else? Yeah, actually, um, we didn't mention this at the beginning of either episode. Thoughts and prayers to those three players out in Virginia, you know, who were shot and killed by a former player. You know, thoughts and prayers to their family and friends. You know, and even the uh, especially the people that were injured as well, because now they yeah. got to deal with that recovery. Yeah, I don't know the whole story behind it. I don't know what happened. Uh, I just know that an ex football player shot shot up the the university and killed three players and injured. I think what two more. Yeah. 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 Whatever it is, definitely sending love out to those families because it's it's got to be awful to have someone taken from you just out of the blue like that. Um. Yeah. No, you're 100 percent correct. We should have mentioned that at the top of both episodes. Yeah, I just saw it on Instagram. That's what made me think about it, honestly. <laughs> but if you don't have anything else, we'll go ahead and close it out. Yeah, no. All right, guys. Always remember, there is nothing finer in the land. Than a junk obnoxious Georgia fan. Biggest third down in Bryce Young's career. You need 10. Play clock at four. From the pocket. Launching downfield, underthrown and intercepted. Keely Ringo has an escort down the sidelines. All the way to the end zone. And Georgia is going to conquer the Crimson Tide.